Hello and welcome to the 2023 season of Run My West Coast. I am your host, Eddie Klein. Run My West Coast is a show about running and racing in West Michigan. Podcast episodes feature stories from local runners and race directors, plus tips about running training. Listeners tune in to hear about the local running community, West Michigan races, and the Holland Haven Marathon. In this episode called Running Around the Mitten, I get outside of Holland a little bit and get around the Mitten state of Michigan, explore some running. Uh, I went up to Muskegon, participated in a race, and then I got down to Albion to meet with a race director and talk about some races down in that area. So coming up for this episode, we have the Rundown, which is about the Foreshore Adventure Run, a 5K run with 25 obstacles, freezing cold water, and one great cause. Also, a running tips of the month. We're talking about interval workouts, what runners typically get wrong. An interview with Caroline Hurtu, a race director in Albion, Michigan. And, of course, our West Michigan races coming up in June. The Rundown, Foreshore Adventure Run. So, when I graduated from high school, I joined the Army. Now, I could have joined the Navy instead. I could have tried to become a Navy SEAL. No thanks. One Saturday morning of wet, cold, and sandy was enough for me. I wouldn't want to go and do that SEAL training. Uh, yeah, so welcome to West Michigan running, right? Every day the weather changes, especially along the lake shore. Uh, for foreshore adventure run, the weather was 45 degrees. It was 15 to 20 mile an hour winds, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was chilly. It was definitely chilly. Now, I still wore shorts and a t-shirt and a headband. And I did wear trail shoes because this run was in sand. It was in trails. And so I wore my trail shoes. Now, what I should have worn, actually, was some long sleeves and some gloves and some gaiters around my shoes. You know how when you run in shoes and they're a little bit too small and your toes are hitting the end of the shoe? Well, in this race... Immediately, I went into the sand, and what happens? My shoes filled up with sand, so the ends of my shoes are full of sand, so that made my shoes shorter, so that my feet are hitting the end of my shoe. So gaiters, those those little wraparounds that go around your shoe, might have helped keep some of the sand out of there. might have helped a little bit. And plus, I was doing a lot of crawling on sand, so gloves and long sleeves would have been nice, and my hands got cold. So, yeah, I should have dressed a little bit warmer, but I toughed it out. It was, it was still fun. Um, so about the race here. Uh, the start line and the finish line, it was kind of, it was an out and back, so they were in the same location. They had some big arches that you ran through. It was pretty good. They had lots of banners, so lots of uh, branding and festival. Uh, felt like a festival out there. They had music going on. They had an MC uh, counting down to the start time, so lots of excitement before the start went off. Uh, they did have the run start in waves about every five minutes because there were so many people, and in an obstacle race, you know, there's only so many obstacles to go to when you get to it, so they don't want to get it all clogged up with a bunch of runners. So they started it off in waves every five minutes. Uh, I signed up for com- the competitive wave, uh, second wave of competitive. So I was only in the second wave of people that went off. There was other uh, waves that went behind me all for, like, the whole morning. And, like, you had a wristband, so you knew what wave you were going to be in. And then about 40 runners went out. Every five minutes. So I was in a group of 40. 40 went out before me. 40 went out behind me and so on. So, yeah, we took off. 
Uh, the the race, like I said, it was in sand. We started out, we're right on Pier Marquette Beach in Muskegon. And so it was like sand, sand, sand. <laughs> we ran up a big sand dune right away. Like they, they made like with a bulldozer and then you went back down the other side into a sand pit and then up one side and down the other, up side, down the other. So it was like for a mile running on the sand with different obstacles, stuff you had to crawl under, crawl over uh, until we got to finally some trails after about a mile and then maybe a little less. But trash was nice because you got in the trails. First, you weren't running on sand anymore. You were running on some of it was even a paved bike path. Some of it was just a walking trail, but I was also out of the wind. So being in the woods was a little bit nice. There was a few hills in the trails, but it was, it was worth it to get out of the wind and get in on solid ground uh, and get going. You know, there was, and there was 25 obstacles on this whole course. So there was even, there's even obstacles inside the trails. So, you know, we had, like I said, there were sand piles. There was stuff to crawl under. There was nets to crawl under. Uh, there were, we went into a little park where there was monkey bars. There was kettlebells you had to carry around for a little while. Uh, and then you got out of the trails, you're back on the sand. And you're, you're running quite a, quite a ways back to the, the start line, probably at least a mile in the sand. And more obstacles. And like the last about... Five obstacles were actually all water obstacles. And so uh, there was one in particular that you had no choice but to get wet. And how the water got into these holes, like they had holes dug in the ground in the sand. How the water gets there, well, they just dug down deep enough that the water from Lake Michigan just filled it up. Because we were only like, I don't know, 20, 30 yards from the lake itself. And so you dig down to the water table and the water is under under the ground there. It just fills in the hole. So they had these... um, they had these floating, these barrels floating across the top of the water, and the water was probably three or four feet deep. And the only way to get through that thing was to go under them barrels and completely submerge yourself in freezing water. Like, I don't even know what the water temperature was like 45, probably, or 50. So, and this was like mm, quarter mile, third of a mile from the end. So, at least you were almost done. So, you, submer- you get submerged, you're totally wet, your shoes are wet, your clothes are wet, everything's full of water. Uh, then there was another one. We had to cross a log. You just walk on the log. It was a pretty long log, too. I bet it was 40 feet, and that thing had sand all over it from people before. It was slick. I made it about two-thirds on the log. I fell in the water, which was about knee-deep. had to walk through the water, get out of there. Uh, one thing about this kind of race, this adventure run, was it wasn't like a Spartan race where you had to do the obstacles or you got, like, penalized. There was no, like, do some burpees if you didn't make it or wanted to go around. You know, because it was very beginner-friendly. It wasn't just competitive. Uh, so... You could miss some of the obstacles. You didn't. You weren't required to do them. So it was. It was definitely a fun run. There was a slack line you had to go across that had water underneath it, and then at the very end, you you actually went up this pretty good sized sand hill. I bet it was uh, thirty feet high, and they had a big like tube uh, water slide that they had made with some water running in it, and like a pool of water at the bottom, and you slid down through in this water slide, and you came out in this big pool of water, and then you got out and you like ran to the finish line. Uh, try to get warm so yeah it was it was definitely the right word for it was adventure it was it was unique run I I had done this run quite a while ago back in like 2016 probably and it was much smaller much less obstacles much easier race like they've definitely they have they've pumped it up in the last few years since I had ever done it before so it was a lot of fun it was it was miserable and a lot of fun so I had a great time Uh, some other stuff about this race they had uh, some water stations out there. There was three water stations. 
And so you could grab some water while you're out running, which was nice. It Gatorade out there, stop for a Gatorade about halfway around. That's always helpful when you're, when you're running hard, even though I wasn't like hot, it was still, you know, get thirsty. Um, yeah. So my finished space, uh, I finished 49th overall in the competitive division, which there was about 200 people in that one. So I was about mm, top one quarter, I guess. And then my time was a 38.56 for a 5K. So that tells you how hard it was because I was really slow. That's about almost double my time of a normal 5K. Not quite, but. And then, yeah, it was good. And it was chip time, so I had a chip. They had old school chips. Like I had to tie the chip onto my shoe, which was a good idea because your bib you had like pinned on your shirt when you were crawling through stuff, they were falling off everybody. Everybody's, my mind stayed on barely, but those safety pins weren't doing much for the bibs. And then, like I said, it was a fun run. It wasn't just a competitive. So overall for the entire race, there was actually 800 people in this event. So there were 600 more people outside of the competitive that I was in that were just out there as a fun run. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty big field of people. So that, that was good. I think they have a good event going on there. Uh, there was a finisher medal at the end, but I'm going to say it wasn't really a finisher medal because it was maybe more of a finisher not medal because it's not made out of metal. It was actually an acrylic um, round, not metal. I don't know what you call it if it's not a metal, but it looks like a metal. It's just not made out of metal, and it says for sure on it, 2023 finisher. So it was definitely different. It was probably It's probably about two and a half inches in diameter round. It's on a plain, just a plain blue ribbon. And yeah, I think, I think it's uh pretty decent for a, for a small race, but it would, it did get me thinking a little bit because I was actually looking at acrylic uh, awards for our Holland Haven race this year, because I'm, I think we're going to do pins for our awards this year. And I was looking at the difference between a metal pin and an acrylic pin and acrylic is a lot cheaper. It's probably about half the price. So if you want to go discount, you can definitely go the acrylic route. So I was looking at both and trying to decide. And after getting this acrylic metal at this race, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing acrylic. I can't, I can't just save a, a couple bucks and go on. So we're going to get some really nice like metal pins that are, that are really good size that are going to be cool for our age group awards this year. So that's a, that's a side note, but yeah, I got an acrylic metal type uh, thing when I finished. Uh, they did have some food at the end. They had water, they had granola bars, they had fruit, they had hot coffee, which was really good because it was a chilly day, like I said. They had some tents set up where you could get all that stuff. Um, I got a, a technical shirt with a race logo on it. It's kind of an off-colored brown that I'm not super fond of. I'm not sure how that color got picked, but that it's a decent shirt. Um, you know, I'll wear it around. And then... Finally, uh, just what, what is this race about? So the Foreshore Adventure Run, here's what they are about. It says, every registration, every apparel purchase, and every donation helps Muskegon Rescue Mission provide nutritious meals, safe shelter, and life-changing services to homeless men, women, and children in West Michigan. So, yeah, that's, that's the rundown. Okay, next thing we have today is running tips of the month. Interval workouts and what runners typically get wrong. How to maximize your interval efforts according to performance coach and author Steve Magnus. And this is by Madeline Kelly 
out of Canadian Running News. So here's a little article talking about intervals. <clears throat> intervals are a key aspect of training for any race. From the 100 meter to the marathon, interval work can improve your fitness and results. But are you approaching interval training correct- correctly? Potentially not. And it's a very common mistake. Steve Magnus is author of the book, Do Hard Things, Why We Get Resilience Wrong and the Surprising Science of Mental Toughness. Uh, he is also a performance coach and a formal, former miler. Magnus writes that many runners, especially new runners, have the wrong idea when it comes to interval training. What do they get wrong? They go too hard at the wrong time, Magnus writes, resulting in meaningless fatigue instead of purposeful and productive fatigue. So, according to Steve Magnus, new runners don't know how to do intervals. So let's see what else he has to say about that. So, what Magnus describes is an issue of pacing. He says some runners start their workouts too quickly, resulting in maxing out their efforts too early. So that makes a lot of sense because when you start any kind of workout program, whether it's running, cycling, CrossFit, you know, swimming, anything where you got to go fast or you go out for a long distance, like pacing is, it takes some, it's to learning that is tough, even rucking or walking, like learning pacing is a tough thing. So it's something you got to establish over time. So for example, if your prescribed workout is eight by 200 meters, a common pitfall would be to start at 32 seconds and only be able to finish running in 42 seconds. In other words, you go backwards. Now, if you can run 32 second 800s, you're great. You're good to go as far as I'm concerned, but let's continue on. <laughs> Magnus says this results in feeling of dying during your workout. Mechanics get sloppy and fatigue wins. Their final few intervals are a lesson in how to work, look miserable and just try to survive. You spend the whole workout just trying to get through it, which is really difficult and potentially discouraging way to exercise. I agree with that completely. Not to mention, you're just going to feel like crap. Like he said, it looks like you're dying out there because you went out really hard um, and you're trying to do eight 200 meters. And if you just do the first three at full blitz, the last three are just going to be miserable. And, you know, if you've run a marathon, you know how that is. The first half is always easier than the second half because you probably went out too fast or it's the same kind of thing in all, in all that's because, you know, marathon running, it can almost be interval training. Like if you run the marathon and you get tired and you start walking for a little bit, you basically are doing interval training because you took a break. So this could still have the same kind of, same kind of thing. So here's, here's what he says about how to do it properly. What Magnus recommends instead is starting off at a pace you can sustain more or less throughout the entire workout. Yes, that's pacing. It should feel consistently more difficult with every repetition but never like you're approaching full body failure. If you average roughly the same time all the way across, it'll be intense enough and challenging towards the end so you can practice maintaining form and force output under heavy fatigue. You're teaching good habits. So the form is is a big deal too because as you get tired, as your core gets tired, it starts breaking down, you start leaning forward, you're not breathing as good, your diaphragm suffer, your arms aren't moving, they're not propelling you, you're not picking your knees up anymore, your stride is off, so... Yeah, think about that too, is if you go out too hard in the beginning, your form is not just, it's not just your lungs and heart that are getting tired, but your whole body and muscle structure is breaking down throughout the, throughout the running. So last thing on this, know the point of the workout. Another key aspect of interval training, which Magnus highlights, is to know the purpose of your workout. For example, if you're trying to build your anaerobic engine so you can go hard when you need to, consider short fast reps with longer rest. If you're looking to improve your endurance, 
then longer, slower reps with rest should do the trick. Yeah, so it makes sense. If you're trying to, if, you know, you got you to gotta specifically train more of what you want to do. If you're trying to be faster and shorter, you got to focus on that. If you're trying to be a long-distance runner, you got to focus on that. So I would say in overall, it does make a lot of sense uh, what he's saying. All right, that was our training tips. So get out there and run some intervals. Now I'm going to talk about an interview I did for this podcast. And this interview this month is with, with Caroline Hurtyou. She is a race director in Albion, Michigan, putting on multiple races to support local Albion businesses. If you don't know what running scene is in Albion, this is a great interview for you to get all the details. Caroline is passionate about serving the community and putting on great races. I think you're going to love this interview with her, and I'm looking forward to you listening to it right now. Hi, Caroline. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to be in Albion. I don't, I've hardly even been in Albion before, so just it, driving through the downtown, it was kind of cool already. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful community. It's a beautiful day to be here. Every place always looks better in the sunshine, um, but we love Albion and always love when people come and visit us. Yeah, I feel like summer's like finally kicked off and here we go. No more days where you're going to like worry about it being chilly. Yeah, you can walk out of the house without a jacket confidently. Yeah. You won't freeze in the middle of the day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, let's, I want to, you know what I want to start out with is a little, a little bit about you and what you're doing as far as, you know, you're, if you've been a runner and your journey running and if you ran as a kid or if you're running now or if you've run some races. So like, how'd you get started when you did some running, what were you doing? Yeah. So I'm currently on a little hiatus from running. That's okay. Um, I, my dad notoriously reminds me that when I was in middle school, early high school, I proclaimed that I didn't like to sweat. Um, and I grew up as a swimmer, so you I don't really sweat when you're swimming, right? Right. Okay. I mean, you do, but you don't feel it, um, because it just goes in with the water, sure. um, which is gross to think about, but it's fine. Um, so I grew up as a swimmer, uh, in high school, my swim coach convinced me to play soccer, uh, because it was good cross training hindsight. I don't know about that. Um, so I played soccer and then into college, um, I had some friends who were uh, running and uh, they sort of said like, you should just try it. You should just come along. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so I got really into it in college, um, started running 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, half marathons and have completed, I don't know how many halves, two full marathons. Okay. Um, I'm probably done at two. I thought I was done at one, and then I had friends convince me to do the second one. Yeah. Um, I ran Detroit and Chicago um, and had a great time, um, but currently a bit of a, a hiatus just due to life and all sorts of, okay. of other things, um, but always enjoyed um, being able to see great scenery and lots of new places, and uh, a good medal here and there doesn't hurt. Oh, right. Did you, what did you think about, like, Detroit, Chicago, compared to, like, a small town race, like Albion. Like, did you like the big crowd? Did you like the big feel of it? Or, or you like the small town feel better? I think it depends what race you're running. Um, I think for a big marathon that you've um, you worked so hard for, for 18, 20, 24 weeks. Right. Um, to get there and see so many people. Um, also having trained in the early morning hours and late night hours, um, to get to the start line. That's a, an awesome experience. Um, so I enjoy that sort of running community. Uh, 
but being able to hop out of bed into a, uh, a race locally um, on a Saturday morning or, or Friday night after work and just come out and enjoy and see neighbors. Um, I love that atmosphere too. Yeah. It just, I think the community of running goes both ways, right? It, it goes big and it goes small. So you can, you can embrace it in all those ways. Yeah. I don't think I'd want all my races to be big, partly because of the price tag that comes with really big yeah, races. True, um, true. But it just, it puts some of the pressure off. I feel like if you're going to a big race, you're like, oh, I really want to do well. Um, yeah. Whereas you're just doing a quote unquote hometown 5k. Um, you're like, ah, I could just go out and enjoy myself. Yeah. You know? Make it a, make it a fun run. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. So you've been running, you've run a lot of races. So you got some experience, which has led into being a race director. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing. You've got a lot of, uh, local 5k, some couple big time races under your belt. So, um, you got a lot of races you're in. You got a race series going on here in Albion. A lot of races. So we've already run one of your races this year, Run the Rock, right? Yes. So that was the one that was just uh in April. Yep, yep, late April. Yep. So how did that one go? Went really well considering uh it was one of those Michigan days where it just continued to rain and spit all day. Um we only cancel races if it's thunder and lightning. Um and even then we sort of say like how it goes um so we knew it was just going to be rainy that day um and told everybody we run rain or shine so feel free to come on out we had a couple people say uh i'm a little bit of a fair weather runner so i'm gonna miss this one or can you switch me to a virtual participation i'll do it over the weekend um but we had a great time great turnout um on par with our other races when it's beautiful. So we had about 75 runners with us. Um, and it was, it was a great time. Everyone made the most of the rain. Okay, good. So do you find that the bricks are slippery in the rain compared to pavement or is there any difference on that? Do you think it's not, it's not too different. Um, and for those particular races we run on the sidewalk, Oh, you do. um, just, uh, Superior Street here in Albion is a state highway, and so there's lots of traffic. Ah. Um, and so um, with a limited local police department, um, we just make it easy on them and say, we'll run on the um, on the sidewalk for our Forks 5K, which happens in September around yep. our community festival. Um, we do get to run um, on the, on the okay. bricks for that race, and we actually run through a classic car show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, and run the rock though you run into the into the campus right and you mm-hmm. go by this rock is this rock have a name of some sort? Just the rock. Oh, it's just the rock. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I think several college campuses have one. Have one. Being an Alvin College alum myself, um, I don't. I'm not familiar with other campuses. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So there is a very iconic uh, rock, um, right in the middle of the quad, um, and so it happens to be right along our running route, and. In that race time, usually end of April, early May, it's usually decorated ahead of graduation. Um, so it's bright purple and gold. It's usually congrats grads or something like that. Um, so it's just a nice uh, sort of excitement um, early on in the race to, to pass the rock and think about the number of people who've passed it or stopped by for good luck or um, just the number of people who've painted the rock over right. the this, years. This is one of those big rocks where kids will go out there with four or five cans of spray paint oh yeah decorate it up and then the next day it could change right yep it's like there's no like reserving it or anything it's just whoever wants to paint it paints it whoever wants to paint it paint it yeah that's a cool thing yeah, yeah. it's it there's spots where some of the paint has chipped off and you can see 
gosh, it looks like the layers of a tree. Um, oh, I believe really it, yeah. the layers of the tree. Um, so it's sort of one of those thought, interesting thought experiments of like how many layers of paint are on the rock and how big is the original rock? And I don't think anybody really knows that. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little stone. Yeah. <laughs> that's like 200% paint and yep. like 10% rock or something. Who knows? That's, that's kind of funny to think about. Um, all right, so you run on the sidewalk, you go into the campus, you go by the rock, mm -hmm. and then what What about the, so you come around and you finish, what's the finish like, or what are you guys doing at the end? Yeah, so um, the latter half of the race course is on our non-motorized pedestrian trail um, through some uh, farmland out south of town, then it drops into the cemetery, um, so you get a little spooky. Our races are in the evening, so if it's dark, you might a little something um <laughs> running through the cemetery um but then head back into town so it's a loop so you're finishing again uh right on superior street right on main street um there in front of uh our local sponsor our local bank is a sponsor so okay. we use their uh front lawn as start finish and registration okay good and then do you have stuff going on at the end of the race for people to do or they get some kind of swag or there's yep a beverages or what do you got there so they pick up their finisher medal all of our race finishers get a medal um whatever race swag we also have for that event we always have uh donuts from the bakery across the street foundry bakehouse in delhi um we usually if it's hot um we've got uh, oranges and bananas and water and popsicles um we haven't transitioned to hot chocolate if it's cold um right. though it probably would have been helpful a couple weeks ago um and then um, if the weather's nice, we uh, wait for some runners to come through and do top five uh, men and women finisher awards. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice to see families out and about, usually waiting for other friends to to fit cross the finish line. Um, the local breweries right across the street, so we know we have lots of uh, friends who run, and then they head over across the street and get a beer or a burger. Um, it's just a nice nice atmosphere okay great yeah and then so in like you have a bunch of races in the series so are they all kind of in the same location or are they all a little bit different so let, let's jump now to the history hustle which is which is coming up soon june 23rd yep, yep. june 23rd is history hustle um so our series is i think unique um to some other series in that we run the same course for all three races okay um and we do that we purposely chose that um so that runners who choose to run with us for all three races could potentially see a if they're if they're really training wanting to see progression over over the season um it would be an, an equivalent um because the course is the same. Okay. Um, so we do run the same course uh, for all three of our 5K races. So then, so how, I mean, so then how is the history hustle? How is it historical then? What, what yeah. makes it different? Um, so we highlight um, unique aspects along the route of um, historic uh, sort of happenings or places here in the Albion community. So, for example, Mother's Day was first celebrated here in Albion. Um, so we usually have signs along the route um, sharing facts and interesting um, historical facts about Albion. So things like Mother's Day, T-ball was first played here in Albion. Um, some history of Albion College. Um, 
it's about 180 plus years old. Um, oh. So it's a it's a longstanding institution. Um, and then some like unique people who are buried in the cemetery um, and and fun things like that. So we okay. incorporate some of those things. So there's the like route. actual signs out on the race course that people can read these signs yeah. as they're running. Yep. Oh, interesting. And then now, now is some of that out also on like your social media and the emailing so people can kind of, if they miss the sign or if they want to read ahead or know what they're expecting to see. Yes. Yep. We include some of that um, in social media and uh, pre-race and post-race emails too. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that one's right in June. So how's planning coming for that race? That's like the next one coming up. Yeah, it's, it's going well. Um, we, of course, we've got our timer all, all set. Um, we work with the Michigan Running Foundation for timing. Uh, we've had a blast working with them. Um, and we are pushing out registration. We're pleased with um, registration to date so far. I'm hoping to cross over that 100 participant mark. That's been sort of our plateau recently as far as uh, race participation um, goes. Um, we'd love to get to that 125, 150 regularly to the races. Um, but planning is going really well. Our swag has arrived, so we don't have to panic about, oh, it's race week and the swag's not here. Right. Um, that's all set. We've got our marketing team working on um, a great course preview video for everybody. If you're not familiar with the course, um, we just went out and did that last week when it was beautiful. And, um, yeah, it's it's going really well. We're looking forward to it. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a lot of planning, but you know what you're doing. You got this thing going. You've, this has been going on right around six years or so. Yeah, series. Okay. Yes. And then you did you. We talked a little bit before the show, and you did actually keep your races going right through 2020 pandemic year. Mm-hmm. And so, I know all races, including the ones I did, we we saw a downturn in, in participation in the pandemic year. So, are you feeling like you're building back up now? Uh, coming off of that, coming off 2020? Yeah, I think we are um, building back uh, post-pandemic. What was interesting about our races during the pandemic is we were able to draw from a further distance away um, because I think so many races were getting canceled. Runners were looking for in-person experiences and they were either off of work or had more flexible schedules. And so a Friday night race didn't seem so challenging. So we had um, more representation from like Kalamazoo or over in the Metro Detroit area because people couldn't make a day of it. Um, we're seeing more of our local um, community come back to the races now post-pandemic. Okay, great. Yeah, and I think overall as an industry, running and racing has gone way back up, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost back to 2019 levels, which is great to yeah. see for all of us in the industry and all the runners because runners want to run races. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of run, a lot of races actually died during the pandemic and never came back, including one that I was, one of the ones I was doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's great to see races um, doing well now. Yeah. As, we were, as far as that goes. we were really committed to doing what we could to keep people safe and healthy and, um, we recognize that we have race sponsors that committed to supporting our races um, in 2020. They didn't know the pandemic was coming. No one knew. Um, and so we we felt it was our responsibility to do the best we could um, with that experience and with the um, support that our sponsors had given us. Yeah, and that's got to go both ways, right? Because you are telling sponsors, we're going to market you. We're going to put your name out there. You gave us money or you gave us some sort of support to be part of this event. And then 
on their end, they're not pulling out. And so that's a big deal too, because a lot of sponsors, you know, not a lot, but some sponsors did pull out and said, Hey, we can no longer support financially because we're hurting as a business. So yeah. it's great if your sponsor stuck with you through, through all that, because it went up and down on a, on a lot of ends that way. Yeah, they absolutely stuck right by us and were supportive um, of us continuing the races and doing what we needed to do to, to make sure that we could keep it um, as a community event. Good. That's fantastic. Now, are all the, I just, I just realized you said something about being on Friday night. So Run the Rock, that was a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then History Hustle's a Friday night. And the Forks 5K, that's also a Friday also night? Also Friday night. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize. Yes. Okay. So um, the, the Forks 5K and the Foundry Mile, those are during... The Festival of the Forks Celebration, which is a community event with, according to the website, has um, events like the run, plus other events, concerts, kid-friendly activities, and a variety of food vendors. So before we get into the actual running, can you tell me a little bit about Festival of the Forks and what's going on with that? And that's in uh, the middle of September, third weekend. Yep. Third weekend in September is always Festival of the Forks weekend here in Albion. Um, and for those who are not familiar with Albion, it is not Festival of the Forks as in the silverware. Um, we are not. Right. Uh, it has cel- to do with the river, right? Yes. We yeah. are not celebrating eating utensils. We are celebrating uh, the forks of the Kalamazoo River that runs through Albion here. Um, and this festival has been going on well before I was born um, in 1989. So it's it's a longstanding tradition for the Albion community. Um, usually includes a parade, um, lots of street vendors. Um, so there's crafts and there's art, um, all sorts of local businesses. Um, there's usually two music stages uh, for people to sit and listen to all day on Saturday. Um, there's a, usually a small carnival for kids and families. Um, great food, uh, local tacos, all sorts of sorts of good food. Um, and it's just a, a great way to sort of wrap up the summer before we really head into um, school and like the busyness of fall. Yeah. And you, and there's a classic car show, right? Mm-hmm. And hundreds of cars come hundreds out. Hundreds of cars along Superior Street. Yeah, they line the brick streets of Superior Street, right? Yep, they line the bricks. Um, and so that happens Friday night. Um, so as a part of the Forks 5K race, we actually start and end on the bricks and run through uh, the classic car show, um, which is sort of a, a fun way to get more people who might not know that there's a 5K going on, um, sort of paying attention and occasionally we get a few clappers and like yeah great job um it's early on in the in the route um so it sort of kicks us off and gives you good energy as you head out onto your 5k yeah and you're you're running that same 5k that you ran the other two so if you ran the whole series you can go for a pr again Mm -hmm. you can check your time against what you did before and yeah that's a cool idea because i i can see where Every time you go to a 5K, people people know their best 5K time, but they might have run on a different kind of course. They don't know their best 5K time in the same course all the mm-hmm. time. So that's a unique, interesting way to to try to measure yourself to know if you are doing better or worse, or even if you care or you don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and the the course is highlights some of the very best of Albion. Um, so you have the downtown, uh, you have the riverfront, um, our beautiful trails, um, the college campus. Um, just the, the sort of through some neighborhoods as yep. well. Um, so we really feel like it highlights the very best of Albion. I'm sure we could create lots of 5K routes through Albion. Right. Um, but this one just seems to strike the right balance for yeah. the community. I mean, it even goes through the cemetery. And I'm sure there's like 
something good about that. Oh yeah, it's it's actually a beautiful cemetery. I don't spend extended periods of time there, but it is actually very lovely. So now when it comes to the race series, those three are the 5K. Now is the Foundry Mile considered the race series also, or is it just the 5Ks and then the Foundry Mile is something else? So this is actually the first year that we've included the Foundry Mile as a... Um, a part of one of the things you can opt into as a participant in Run Albion. Um, so we've started doing the Run Albion Challenge. Okay. Um, so if you want, you can register for all three 5K races and the Foundry Mile. Um, we're working on some special swag for that as well. Um, but the Foundry Mile started as its own um own race, independent of the 5K series. Um, we're good friends with uh, one of the local track coaches who's very involved in the running community, um, has coached lots of very fast runners, and he said, you know, Albion would be a great place for one of these elite speed miles. Um, if you could get the right combination of people here, it could be really great draw for the community and, and maybe get some spectators out and just be something unique for this area because there wasn't anything close by. So we worked with him to start the Foundry Mile um, in 20, either 2018 or 2019. Okay. Uh, I get my years mixed okay. up with the pandemic, um, but worked with him to, to start that race. Um, and it is slowly growing. Um, we've definitely had participants return year after year, um, but we're working on getting more and more people into that field. So that's where the Run Albion Challenge came to play, um, that you can just participate in our sort of open mile versus the elite category, right. um, where there is a... Uh, just the top five or top 10 men and women race in the elite category. Um, and you submit your uh, mile time um, and we take the top 10 fastest. Right. So they'll, they'll run at a separate time, yep. like a half hour different than the, than the everyday slow people like me. Yes. And okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Now, one thing you didn't mention about the elite is that prize money. It is prize money. Yeah. There's yeah. some serious prize money going on here for the Foundry Miles. So talk about that a little bit. Yep. So um, we, uh, and it's cold, hard cash, counted out right there in front of everybody. Um, so we do $1,000 uh, to the top men, our top uh, male and female finisher, um, and then go down from there. So we do a cash prize, five deep um, in each category. Um, we don't always fill it uh, 10 to 10. So there's a chance. Wow. At least we haven't. So if Maybe. I'm the, so if I'm the top male runner in the in the mile and I and I come out and do this elite, you're like ten pictures of Benjamin Franklin. You're going to put right in my hand. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, I can't believe a lot of people don't come out here and try to win that thing. We and we have pictures of it. Um, yeah, it's. I think my dad um, is one of the sponsors um, and and helps and walks the five Ks. Um, but it is his favorite part of the entire experience to be able to count out thousand dollars cash. Um, yeah. and we do like a big check too and, and, uh, take all the photos. Um, but it's a lot of fun. That's really cool. So what's the, what's the course like then for that mile? So, um, we have worked to get a primarily downhill course. So oh, wow. That's the even fast faster. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've had some fast runners. Um, so it actually starts south of town. It's a straight shot right here into downtown Albion. Um, it finishes right in front of Foundry Bakehouse in Delhi, which is why we call it Foundry Mile. Um, and so you finish right here on the red bricks and it is, it is pretty fun to watch. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a straight shot. So those of us 
down at the finish line don't see anybody until about the half mile mark. And then they're very, very small, um, but they're usually racing the lead truck. Um, yeah. And, and it's fun to watch them come in. Do you happen to know off the top of your head the course record at all? I should have looked it up. No, um, okay. No problem. Yeah. Uh, low fives for the women yep. um, and uh, high four for men. Yeah. It's, it's fast. It's fast. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the, the best marathoner in the world, Kipchoge, he runs about a 445 mile, the mm-hmm. entire marathon. Oh, that is wild. <laughs> that is unbelievable. So I don't to, even think I could bike right. a so 445 mile. To think mile. that you're one mile runner here, you know, it's just a local mm-hmm. person. Not, they're not professional runners, obviously. We we have some that sort of grew up um, or ran for University of Michigan, and so they're out on the East Coast um, with some running clubs. Again, I don't think they're professional runners, but they're still training pretty hard. Um, so they will travel in for the race. Yeah. Um, but we do have have some locals who who put up great times too. Um, but we're working on on building that and hoping the the Run Albion Challenge um, and the, the addition of the Open category uh, for the Foundry Mile will sure. help build that. Well, it sounds like you got a good foundation because you got really good courses. You got a really good community around it. You're passionate about it, and like I think that just breeds more and more runners gets them interested. Albion's an active community. They mm-hmm. celebrate their history. So I think all overall, there's definitely some good things behind it. Yeah. Um, let's move on and tell me a little bit about like the mission, the cause, the charity. Like, what's this all about, and why are you doing it? What are you? What's what's behind this? Yeah. So uh, Run Albion is a nonprofit organization um, whose goal is to primarily uh, provide. Um, health and wellness opportunities for our community and to um, create opportunities for visitors to Albion to have a really positive experience. Um, so one way that we do that, um, we are committed to keeping race registrations as low as possible um, so that it's not a financial barrier for individuals to join us. Um, but we also go out, I've mentioned several times, we have great sponsors um, who help us uh, make sure that we cover all the costs of the races. Um, all um, my my time, my sister's time, who's my co-director, um, we're all volunteer. Uh, this is certainly not uh, a job for us um, that we get paid to do. Um, but we then, because of our sponsors, are able to donate all roast race proceeds back into the community um, to an organization that partners with us for the race and is out on the course volunteering. Um, so about between three and four thousand dollars we give away back into the Albion community um, per year okay. um, because of the individuals who participate in the race. Is that like an is that an organization you want to name or talk about or tell us what it, what it is? Or? So we partner with um, different organizations for okay. each race. Um, we've certainly had, had some repeat volunteer groups. Um, our local uh, BSA troop here, one five eight. Uh, they are great helpers, usually for our spring race, because they don't mind standing out in the rain or the cold. Um, Citizens to Beautify Albion, which is a group here in town that keeps our flower, flower beds and flower pots um, and main entrances to the community looking really beautiful. Um, our local preschool will come out and help. Um, we've had our local 4-H group um, come out and volunteer, local robotics teams. Um, so they come out, volunteer on the course, and then Run Albion provides a donation back to them. Okay. Oh, that's good. Because so they're not just putting their name on something and getting some money. They're actually putting some sweat equity into it. Oh, yeah. And helping the whole thing happen. Yep. 
they are they're out on the course they're working our aid stations um that we've also tasked them with uh cheering people along um and they're at key intersections, making sure runners don't get lost. Um, that's always like a race director's worst fear is that somebody gets lost out on the course. Um, and so they're making sure at those major turns, people are headed in the right direction um, and then helping us with uh, registration and um, everything post-race as well. Sure. Okay, good. Yeah, a lot, lot going on in all these, these events and a lot of people involved. It sounds like the whole community just rallies around it. You've got all these organizations and sponsors and yeah, volunteers. It's, and It's a... Albion is a community that, that rallies around great events, um, and we certainly would love to have more of our local residents participating with us. Um, we get a few like, well, I am not a runner. I'm like, well, we have plenty of walkers. Um, we don't have like a, a course time limit or any of that kind of stuff. So um, we've got some seniors who who walk, and it's sort of their evening thing to do. Yeah, um, so it's and, open to everyone, right? Yeah. You could walk your dog. You could bring your stroller, push your kids, yep. you we have pull a wagon. We have lots. Um, yeah. One of our finishers, one of our top finishers last year was pushing his son in a stroller, um, oh. and he was fast. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've got, feel free to bring your, your well-behaved um, leashed dog, of course. Right. Um, but families come out. We've got the fun run for kids. Um, some kids will run the fun run and then walk with mom or dad. Um, it's just a great family event. Yeah, sounds like it. Now, you mentioned keeping costs uh, available for everybody, but you're offering a discount code, right, to even help mm-hmm. with that. Yep. Which Tell us about that. Yeah, so for your listeners, um, we're offering a discount code um, that'll be good for either the History Hustle or the Forks 5K coming up. Uh, the code is RUNMI, um, and that's for a 10% discount 10%, on okay. our uh, registration. So History Hustle, June 23rd. Forks 5K, September 15th, use Run MI, save mm-hmm. 10% on registration for either one of those two races. Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. So if I did want to get registered, mm-hmm. uh, where can I find you on social media, online? On How do I get registered? Where are you at? Yep, there? so you can uh, go to our website, uh, runalbion.com. Okay. Um, all our registration is linked there. We are also on Facebook, Run Albion, um, and on Instagram, also at Run, Al- Run Albion. Um, so feel free to reach out. Um, if you're a first time runner, if you heard about us on the podcast, we'd love to, um, get to know you, see where you're coming from. Um, we always love when new people come to races and tell us like, oh, we found out about this race from a friend or, or, um, we drove from Kalamazoo or Holland and we're making a weekend of it here in Albion. Um, we love those stories. Yeah, that's great. And so, Primarily for updates, your website, I've been on your website a little bit. There's quite a bit of information. There's even video, a little mm-hmm. video about every single event Yep, you can watch. I we watched all the little videos. We have a great marketing team. Yeah. We have a great marketing team, um, local uh, shop here called Brick, Brick Street Marketing. They do a great job for us. Um, but yep, there's a course. Uh, we're working on a course preview video that should be up soon. So if you really want to see the course from the perspective of somebody who's out there, that will be up shortly. Um, but if you've got questions about, about the course, feel free to send us a message. Um, and we've got all sorts of pictures on our Facebook page. So you can go back um, and see sort of like what the feel of the race is. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, sounds like a great series of events coming up. And uh, I think people of Albion, people of all of Michigan are going to be uh, probably excited to get out here and, and see what's going on in this little town. So yeah, it's, it's a great town. You can absolutely make a weekend of it. If you, if you leave work, 
um, at noon on a Friday, come down, come to the race, go to the brewery for dinner afterwards, stay at the hotel, literally within walking distance of the race start finish line, um, go to the bakery in the morning. There's all sorts of stuff to do here in Albion. There's a children's museum, so you can bring the family. Um, it's a great time. Wow. We would certainly encourage you to make a weekend of it. Great. Well, it sounds fantastic, and I appreciate hearing everything about it. Uh, any other closing thoughts today of, that you want to talk about? I will say the History Hustle, the swag item for the History Hustle, outside of our medal, are our coveted race socks. Oh, okay. Good they, to know. They are some of the best socks we've heard from many a runner um, that I don't think we can ever not do race socks now. Um, so if you're if you're looking for a June race um, before 4th of July and you want some race socks, these are the ones you want. All right, runners, you're here, to, here first. you got to get them socks. Yep. Uh, I don't see a lot of running socks at races, so that's pretty unique. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're some of the best. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great getting to meet you and, and finding out everything about Albion and all the runs that are going on here, and uh, love it. It's yeah. been great. Thanks for having us. All right, thank you. Now let's talk about Holland Haven, because I want to tell you some Holland Haven Marathon race information. And if you didn't know, it's coming up on September 10th. So first, let's talk about the course. So the full marathon and the half marathon are both a point-to-point race. What you're doing is you're going to get on the bus, if you want to ride the bus, at the finish line, and you ride it to the start line, and you run one direction south into Holland. So the full marathon starts at Rosie Mound Elementary School, which is up by Grand Haven on the south side of Grand Haven. And the half marathon starts at Camp Geneva, which is right there along Lake Michigan. And so the courses both run on the bike path that runs south along Lakeshore Drive. You're running 18 miles on Lakeshore Drive uh, before you even make a turn if you're doing the full marathon. So the full marathon's a little bit hilly. I'd say there's four or five hills. Not not huge hills. This is not Boston, but they're they're significant enough that that first, first half of that full marathon is going to be a little more challenging. And then the half marathon is pretty much flat. There's, you know, there's some slow rollers of that half marathon, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a much easier course. So if you're running that full, look forward to the second half being a little bit easier for you, which is really a bonus. And then if you're running the half, you know, it's, it's a flat and fast half marathon. You're not going to have a lot of trouble with that half marathon. And the 8K, talking about the 8K, now that's a loop. So that one starts and ends downtown Holland where we start at, we started a, a gym called CrossFit Holland uh, right there on River Avenue. So that's the start and finish for the 8K. Goes out, makes a loop, comes back. And that one's really flat. Uh, five miles, if you didn't know, is an 8K. And it's a great course. It's, you know, 8K is just a good distance because if you've been running 5Ks, you can bump up a little bit if you're not ready for the 10K yet. So, you know, or if you've run the full and a half and you want to get the trifecta medal, of course you're going to run the 8K. So, Good chance to do that too, and that one's on. That one's a little bit on the road in the beginning, just the first half mile and the last, and then. But it's on a bike path as well, so uh, great, great little course out there. Pretty, pretty flat. Most of these courses are under shade, uh, especially the full and a half. Uh, you're you're on Lakeshore Drive, which is very you know old growth trees, heavy canopy. Uh, so yeah, you definitely aren't in a hot, bright sun in those first few miles. Once you get in towards town, it's a little more open. 
but a good portion of these races are in the shade. So if it's a hot day, at least you have that relief from the sun. If you got any questions about the courses, all our course maps are online. Course details are online on, on our run sign up page. So just look them up and you can check that out. Let me tell you a little bit about one of our great partners, Gazelle Sports, and what they're doing for us this year and what they've done in the past years is they're putting together they're putting together a package for us for winners. So our, our overall winners do get a Gazelle gift card, which is a great running store right here in downtown Holland. You can go shopping uh, with your gift card. And in addition to that, you can also pick up your Holland Haven Marathon merchandise in their store. So starting the day after Labor Day and all week up till the Saturday of our packet pickup, you can go into Gazelle Sports and buy all our merchandise. And this year we have some great new 10th anniversary merchandise. We got 10th anniversary hoodies. We have quarter zips. We have pint glasses. We have stickers. So, And you can also get that stuff online right now if you want to. But if you want to see it in person, Go into Gazelle Sports the whole week before the race and during Packet Pickup because Packet Pickup is inside Gazelle Sports again this year. 3 to 8, Saturday before the race. A great place to go check that out. So we really appreciate them. You know, It's always great to have a running store, a local running store supporting uh, your event, and we always appreciate Gazelle. Another thing I want to tell you about for the race is you can use RaceJoy. If you use RaceJoy before, you know how great it is because it's such a great tracking device, and you turn it on, you, it tells you how, what mile you're at, it tells you what your pace is, it tells you how far you had to go, uh, there's different cheers in there, there's different music in there, there's lots of cool things in Race Joy that keeps you motivated, uh, and the other thing is, other people can track you, so say for instance your friends and family want to know what mile you're at, all they got to do is follow you on Race Joy and they can know where you're at, how fast you're going, what you're doing, they can drive right to the spot you're at because you're being GPS tracked. So it's a cool it's a cool thing that we've had at Holland Haven for a long time that you can jump on it, get tracking, and everyone will know where you are. Uh, they can even send you cheers. So if your mom, dad, friends, whatever, want to cheer you on or send you a special message during the race, they can import these cheers or music or anything like that right into the race joint. It'll come through your phone while you're running. So it's almost like they're communicating with you on the run, which is really cool. So Jump on Race Joy once we get, you know, it's not activated yet. It'll it'll come up about a couple weeks before the race, and then you'll be able to jump on that and use it for your races this year. So I, I think it's a great idea. And speaking of spectators, you know, if your family, friends, whoever's coming out to watch you, get them, get them to be on Race Joy for one thing so they know where you are. But also make, make sure to tell them, please, that, you know, we do have open roads during this event because – you know, 99% of it's on the bike path. So the roads are never closed. There are some intersections where we have to stop traffic to let runners through. So it's easy to drive around and see runners, but a lot of people do, you know, slow down, stop on the shoulder on Lakeshore Drive or or drive at five miles an hour trying to get photos or talk to runners. And that's really just a bad idea because it just really congests the traffic and it's not necessary. So if you have spectators that are coming out, just tell them, Every mile or so or less, there's a side road you can pull off on and wait for the runner to come by. You don't have to stop in the middle of the road. You don't have to be on Lakeshore Drive clogging up traffic. Just pull off on a side street. Really easy. They're everywhere along there. They can see you. They can, they can you know, wait for you to come by and cheer you on at that point. So trying to stop the traffic from being congested. We don't want to do that to the community. Uh, that we don't, you know, we don't have the least amount of impact on our community as we can. We want to make this race go smoothly for everybody. So keep that in mind. 
And, you know, they can park too. There's parking at Rosie Mountain Elementary. We have a parking lot for the marathon. We have a parking lot at Camp Geneva. We have a parking lot at the finish at CrossFit Holland. And if you're, you know, you're parking at the finish downtown, there's also free parking on any street in Holland all the way around. And it's Sunday morning. There's nobody around besides us runners. You know, there's no churches nearby where the finish is. So there's, there's nothing to worry about for that. So you got plenty of space to park. The parking's free. It's easy. There's maps right on our run sign-up page. So if you need parking, if you want to know what parking, definitely check that out. If you got any questions about that, hit me up. About any of that stuff, hit me up. I'll, uh, for sure, you know, let you know anything you want to know. All right. That's my Holland Haven details for today. We'll definitely be getting into more of them as the summer goes on because we'll be getting closer and closer to the event. But another thing about summer I want to tell you right now is summer's awesome because there are so many races coming up in West Michigan. Like I just have a list, a big list of races for you on my local race calendar to tell you about. So I'm excited. There's so many that are going to, that are, they are to run. I mean, I don't even know what race I'm running yet for June, but I just got a, I got somebody to choose from. It's going to be awesome. So all these races I'm listing, there's a link in the show notes. So if you want to sign up for it, if you want more information, just click on it. You don't have to search around. I got the link right there for you. And that's, let's just get into it. Okay. So starting out, we have the one in five marathon relay, 10 K five mile, five K 26.2 mile relay. That's in Walker on June 2nd. Yankee Springs Trail Run 10K in Middleville on June 2nd. Yankee Springs Trail Run 100K, 50K, 25K in Middleville on June 3rd. Now I've run, I can't remember what distance I ran, but I've run one of those races. It's probably the 10K. It's a hilly. It's a hilly uh, trail. It's fun. It's It'll challenge you. So jump out in Yankee Springs if you want to get some good trail running in. It's a great place. Uh, beat the Grandma 5K. That's in Grand Rapids on June 3rd. Pucks Cider 5K in Conklin on June 3rd. Run Forest Run, one mile and 5K in Fremont on June 3rd. Credit Unions for Kids 5K and Kids Run in Grand Rapids on June 9th. Brian Deemer Family of Races 5K in Grand Rapids on June 10th. Red Turtle Run 5K and 10K in Allegan on June 10th. Run for Wings Muskegon on June 10th. Foxtrot 5K in Grand Rapids on June 11. Dad's Day 5K in one mile in Spring Lake on June 11th. K9, sorry, K9K race 9K and 3K in Grand Rapids on June 17th. Kalamazoo Classic 10K and 5K in Kalamazoo on June 17th. Let's Glow. 24-hour, 12-hour, 6-hour, 15K, 10K, 5K in Fremont. Sorry, Fremont. I'm just blown away by all these distances. Fremont on June 17th. I don't even know what this Let's Glow is, but it might be something to look into if they got that many long distances going on there. Sounds cool. There's the Light Point 5K in Grand Rapids on June 17th. The LGPA 5K in Rockford, June 17th. Town Crier Races, 13.1 mile, 10K and 5K in Saugatuck on June 17th. Trailblazer 5K in Zealand on June 17th. Wicked Worm, 12-hour, 6-hour, and 10K in Grand Rapids on June 17th. WMAA 
CHDIS 5K, Grand Rapids, June 21st. State Games of Michigan 5K, Kentwood, June 22nd. Johnny's Run 5K in one mile in Ada, June 23rd. Grand Explorers Trail Race 10K, 5K in one mile in Jenison on June 24th. Reeds Lake Run 10K, 5K in Kids Run in Grand Rapids, June 24th. Seaway Run 13.1 mile, 10K, 5K in Muskegon on June 24th. Zeeland Zoom 5K in Zeeland on June 27th. And what I talked about with Caroline in the interview, the History Hustle 5K coming up in Albion on June 23rd. Also, the Forks 5K is coming up in Albion on September 15th. And like she said, there's a discount code for that, which is RUNMI, R-U-N-M-I, and that's 10% off for the History Hustle 5K or the Forks 5K. Plus, they have the Foundry Mile in Albion on September 16th. So if you're a fast one-mile runner and you want to win $1,000, head down to Albion on September 16th and run that mile. Sounds awesome. All right, a couple more races I want to tell you about that I'm doing. The Holland Blueberry Run 5K. That's here in Holland on August 15th. It's out at Bowerman Blueberries Farm Market. It's on James Street, and that is at mile 20 and a half about of the our Holland Haven Marathons. It's one of the aid stations. It's where we always have blueberries, and we're doing our course preview this year out there. We did it a few years ago before the pandemic, and we're bringing it back. And it's just a fun run. It's a it's going to be a five k. We're going to about half of the course is going to be on the Holland Haven Marathon course. So I'm using it as a course preview run. You can check it out. You can bring your kids. You can bring dogs. You can bring strollers. You can walk. You can run. We don't care. Uh, it's not chip timed. Nothing like that. It's more it's more of a community kind of run just to come out and have fun with it. Uh, you do have to sign up. Go up on on Holland Haven Marathon or. Run sign up. You can find Blueberry Run. You'll find it. It's out there. We have do have a run sign up page for it. I want everyone to get registered. And big one of the big reasons to get registered for is because we're going to have uh, door prizes. We're going to have drawings. So if you're not registered, we can't draw your name. And we're going to have local businesses. We're going to have Holland Haven swag. We're going to just have a big table of swag, and everyone's going to get a door prize. So we're going to be drawing names and say, hey, come and pick this T-shirt or pick whatever you want. So have, have your name in there. Get signed up. Come on out. We want you to be there. Another great thing about this run is Bowerman Blueberries is going to give everyone a free blueberry donut. So when you finish the run, donut, some swag, hang out with some cool Holland runners, and it's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm excited about the blueberry run. If you haven't already checked it out uh, on Facebook, we have a group at our Holland Haven page out of there. And then there's a, like I said, there's a run sign up page with more information. And finally, Holland Haven Marathon, as you know, coming up on Holland. September 10th. So keep training all summer, get ready for Holland Haven, and we'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Run My West Coast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, like it, and share it with your running friends. Your support of Run My West Coast and the running community in and around West Michigan keeps the runners running. You are truly appreciated, and I'm grateful for the chance to share my thoughts with you. Thanks again, and see you on race day.